Good stuff. Gosh, that is a great song. And uh, how many of you had heard that before? Let me see your hands. A few of you. Yeah. I had not, actually, but not that I'm the gauge for these kinds of things. Um, I'm just looking for something. Golf ball. That's, I, you know, I just say that phrase whenever I have a golf club in my hand. I'm looking for something. Um, credibility. I want to talk about credibility. And, and we have missed the point so much on this. Um, let me give you the definition of credibility. Credibility, the power of inspiring belief, uh, capacity for belief. And the way I'm talking about it is we're looking, we have this elusive thing we're looking for in life, so many of us, in terms of I want credibility. I want to be valued. I want people to care what I think and who I am and what I do. And more than that, I want them to, I want them to not only care, but, but approve of it. And it's weird how this affects us because credibility affects everything in life. Credibility or the lack of credibility. Um, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, what's he doing? Is it show and tell? Um, these are my new irons, or one of my new irons. It's a three iron. There's a reason that's not in my club, but in my bag, but that's a different story. Um, there's, um, I have a saying that I use quite often. I can't hit a three iron, but I can hit you with a three iron. And uh, so I just kind of carry it around the office. But, but this is a, uh, I just got these, and they're, they're actually not brand new. They were just like a year old, and they were on the, they'd been used once or twice. And I had one of our two golf pros here in the, uh, in the uh, church. We really have two, really, Chris and, and Matt. They're both like threes. And uh, if you know what that means, or twos or ones. Anyway, um, I had one of them with me, Matt, to help me pick these out. And these are Lynx Black Cat irons. Um, pretty good irons. Um, and, and brand new, they're half, price-wise, what Nike irons would cost. Now, why do you suppose that is? Who do you suppose uses Nike irons? Tiger Woods, yeah. So is the material any different? Hmm. You know, it's pretty much graphite and, you know, titanium or something like that. Not much different there. What's the deal? And, and, and by the way, Lynx, Black Cat Irons, some of you golfers will know this, it wasn't that many years ago that another guy by the name of Fred Couples, who still uses these, but Fred Couples hasn't won in five years on the tour. So, therefore, when you look on the, and you go down the wall at Golfsmith or some of the golf, some of the golf place, pro shops, you'll find those clubs that are used by the guys that are currently winning cost more than those clubs than the guys, I hate to say this about couples, but, but the, the has-beens, okay? Although the has-beens are pretty good, too. You need to understand that, just for the record. So, so what are you saying? You're saying certain golf clubs have more credibility than others? Yep. It's called money. It's called price. Funny how that works, isn't it? Um, grab that for me. Um, the, um, I told you I can hit you with it. Um, you know, if I were, and let's, take another, let's take it to another realm. If I were to tell you this latest news story that I just heard this morning, and I were to tell you what that story was, and you were to say, you would tell me, well, wh- where did you hear that? And I would say, well, I read that in the Wall Street Journal. You'd say, oh, okay. If, on the other hand, I were to tell you I read that in the National Enquirer, we know what your response would be, don't we? You'd be like, oh, give me a break. Who knows whether that's true or not? How many people read the... No, I'm not going to even ask. Um, I don't want to know those things. Um, Churches have the same issue. 
I've done this a couple of times in starting a church, and, and the first thing people ask is, how long have you been around? And, and I tell you, in Colorado, uh, where we started the church, it wasn't that big of a deal because, I mean, you know, history in Colorado, the town Vail was formed in 1960. So, I mean, it's pretty cool because the history goes back to 1960. Around here, if you have a church and it wasn't formed in 1600, you're some kind of, you know, cult or something because uh, of, the, of how, the, how the, this country was settled and so forth. Churches fight this battle of credibility. Businesses fight this whole issue of credibility. Is it credible? People fight this thing of credibility or wrestle with it, seeking credibility in their own lives. In fact, we've got a few high school kids. Some of them were in their last service. I'll tell you guys this, high school and junior high down here. You guys need to hear this from somebody who loves you anyway. There are actually people who wear certain clothes with certain kinds of labels on them just because they think it might make them look a little nicer and give them more credibility. Can you imagine such a thing? <laughs> Pathetic, isn't it? I know, it's just amazing. I'm glad I'm not one of those people. But, but um, you know what I'm saying. Um, we look to all sorts of things for credibility, to be valued, to find... Oh, Princess Di had a great quote, which was, uh, I think she said, we, everyone needs a sense of value, which explains some of the work she did among some, some poor people and so forth. Um, we look to success. We look to houses. We look to education. We look to our own looks. We look to people. We look to cars, clothes, associations, name drop, whatever we do in order to establish our own personal credibility. You hear this all the time. Well, that's so-and-so. He's got an MBA from such-and-such. Like, oh, okay, I'm going to listen more closely than if you told me he had an MBA from somewhere else or he didn't have an MBA at all. You know, or there's so-and-so over there and, and you know, he's this or he's that. I've seen, I've, seen, I've seen body positions change, body English change when they found out somebody in the room was this or that. It's amazing how that works, isn't it? This is the person that put that deal together. You remember that deal? You read about that in the journal. Um, How can I know my life has this, what I'm going to call this, official stamp that says my life is credible? My life is worthwhile. I got this. This was on my desk. I hadn't read it. That happens a lot. If you send me mail, other than email, I may see it, I may not see it. But... um, this has been on my desk actually since April 28th. So that's only two weeks. That's pretty good for me. Um, you were recently appointed as a biographical candidate into the Manchester who's who among Christian leaders and professionals. And it goes on, yada, yada, yada. I could be somebody. I could be in who's who. I started filling out that card, man. No. <laughs> Isn't it funny what we do when we start thinking about it? That official stamp that says, I'm somebody. For some, you know, when we were, depending on where you were in high school, for us, it was the football team, for a guy. Yeah. Now, of course, it doesn't matter. But, but uh, for us, it was the football team in our school. If you were on the football team, you were somebody. And if you had to be in the meat wagon, that's okay, as long as you were on the football team. For, for some schools, it's, you know, that or cheerleader or basketball or whatever. Then you get into college, and it's some other thing. And then you get into business, and you get into, you know, adulthood, so to speak. Um, which is just really an extension of teenagehood, right? And uh, it's something else. What is that official stamp? Personal credibility is not spin. It's not name dropping or associations. It can only come from time-proven, God-driven, 
personal character. That's the only way it can really come. When it all is said and done. That's the only way it can come. Um, one great playwright. And speaking of playwrights, we have our own. It's a great example because it, it just happened this week. We, and he was, Norbert was in the early service, Norbert Leo Butt. Some of you know Norbert. coming to church here for a long time. He got the uh, a nomination for a Tony this week. Great credibility. We were talking about it after the service. And he says, you know, and we were talking, he says, I shouldn't need that, and I don't need that. And, of course, I told him, I said, we don't care. We love you anyway. Doesn't matter. We think you're great. And, uh, but he says, you know, it's funny how that affects you, how that works on your mind. It's true. You're about for any kind of award in your business or anything else. Um, personal credibility is not spin, name-dropping, or association. It can only come from time-proven, God-driven personal character. Goldsmith, the playwright, when I started to give you a moment ago, Oliver Goldsmith said this, he who, seeks applause, who, he who seeks for applause only from without has all his happiness in another's keeping. Isn't that an amazing statement? He who seeks for applause only from without has all his happiness in another's keeping. It's not a very good way to live, is it? Yeah, some people do. Their total, their total welfare, psychologically, is in the hands of other people. Maybe their husband, maybe their wife, maybe a mom or a dad. And that's not good. I mean, I hope you have a close association and a close friendship and that one of the, you know, with, your, with your mate. But if you're dependent upon that mate or that parent, if you're dependent upon them, for all of your credibility and all of your, you know, to, to give you value. Things change. People change. People die. All kinds of things can happen. It's not a good place to be. If you have it, terrific. But don't depend on it. In fact, Zorkin said this. Zorkin, by the way, is, a, is the inventor of, is a, he's a Russian guy, and he was the inventor of, he worked at Westinghouse for years, and actually he's a Russian guy who, who, who's, by most scientists, is credited with the invention of what we now know as television. So those of you who have always said television was a communist plot, you know, he was a Russian. Could have been. Who knows? Something like that. But look what he said. You could enjoy encouragement coming from outside, but you cannot need for it to come from outside. That's when we get into trouble, when we need it from the outside. Do I like it? You bet I do. And if you don't, I think you're probably lying. Is it great to have? It sure is. But if I need it, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. Credibility in life is grounded in being valued by the life giver. Credibility in life is, va- is grounded in being valued by the giver of life, by God. I want to say that. I'm going to say that two or three times this morning because I want you to get that. When one realizes that they are that they are credible and that they are valued by the one that truly matters. Several things happen. I'll just go through them real quick, and then I want to show you some, some, what the Bible teaches. Um, first of all, they have freedom from a performance mindset. They're not in this performance track. So much of our world, so much of our society encourages this performance track. It's, it's what I do. It's, it's, it's how I look. It's, and, and, and by saying that's wrong, it's not wrong, because so much of what, how we define people is, is wrapped up in that, but it's when we start depending on that, it becomes an issue. Um, it's freedom from the curse of pleasing people. And, and 
their opinions. I mean, that'll drive, you know, an old friend of mine, an old country guy used to always tell me this, and I thought it was, he says, you know, people will drive a wooden man nuts. And they do. They will. I mean, when you think about it, any of you who, who deal with people, you, you can understand that. People will drive you crazy, man. And um, I love people. I really do. I'm, I'm, you know, pretty much a pure extrovert, but, but still, people can still drive you nuts. Um, so as you, and the third thing is it's just freedom from codependency. Just, just freedom from, co- you, you become dependent upon other people for your affirmation and for your sense of value and, and to give you credibility in life. And for, for, I mean, you think about it and, and for guys, so many times it comes in what we accomplish. Some, this is a generalization as President Eisenhower used to say, all, genera- all generalities are false, including this one. But... Um, um, for guys, so many times, and as you're young, it comes in athletic accomplishments or the lack thereof. And for girls, it comes, unfortunately, in, in how you look sometimes. And that's why, you know, girls got, female, got, they got the bad end of the deal in this thing. Because some, some of you look fine and you still think, well, that's not enough. And, and it's not, you know, and it's just, it's crazy how this thing works. It really is. And for some, it's both. And, you know, that crosses over. Sometimes it's guys that way, girls the other way. I mean, it's, it's all convoluted now. But the issue is none of that is going to really work when it comes to being valued. Because people change. Things change. I always thought it was kind of interesting. <clears throat> Give you a little extra here that they didn't get in the 930 service. I always thought it was kind of interesting how we put such value, particularly in our society, but how we look and, you know, flat stomachs and all that crazy stuff. Uh, and, and tell what I think about that, don't you? Um, you see, being a bit defensive, yeah, maybe a little. Um, but I've always thought it's kind of crazy because you know what? And that's why I tell young people this all the time, especially those that look good, and that is, I want you to understand something. I love you, and it's a, it, it all goes downhill from here. I mean, it doesn't get any better, you know? And you can fight it, and I'm fighting it. And you can work out, and I do, and I run, and, 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 and do all kinds of... But you know... Entropy still takes over. Age still just keeps creeping in there. And it's just, it's funny how we put such value in that so that everybody's going to lose in the end and you can have all the, all the cosmetic surgeries that you want and even that's not going to work after a while. Not that there's anything wrong with that, you know. So anyway, there you go. Just think about that. We put value in some of these things that are just, it's just crazy. We can't win that battle no matter what we do. And, and it's the same thing where we live, it's more in the success area. And somebody, somebody, I know some guys, they put a $16 billion merger deal together and somebody says, oh, it's only six, I heard this, it's only $16 billion. I'm like, jeez, where does this stop, you know? It, no matter what it is, it's crazy how this thing works. We've got to have a better answer. And God does. And I'm going to take you to two passages in the Bible that just credibility in life is grounded in being valued by the giver of life. If you don't get that, you're going you're gonna to need a lot of therapy, a lot. And hopefully the therapy will tell you that. Credibility in life is grounded by being valued by the life giver. The Bible, let me show you this. In 1 Corinthians, there's this great passage that I'm going to show you. And the Apostle Paul is talking here, and he's talking about sex, to be perfectly blunt. And, um, and, and, and the Corinthian church was really messed up. They had all kinds of issues going on. They had, um, um, I mean, people were sleeping with each other who weren't married, and it was just a lot of immorality that was going on. They, and this, this was in the church, okay? This isn't just 
out there. This is in the church. They had, get this, they had people getting drunk coming to communion. They'd come to communion, and I guess that's what we started doing those little cups because uh, <laughs> they did the common cup. Ha, <laughs> okay, baby, you know. But, but literally, people were getting drunk in church, taking communion. We, by the way, we have communion once a month in the evenings, and, and we provide grape juice and alcohol, wine, because we know some people would rather not have wine, and we want to be sensitive to that. But that's what was going on in, in the Corinthian deal. I mean, there was some bad stuff going on in the church among, quote-unquote, Christian people. So the Apostle Paul is, is writing and he's addressing that. In the passage that I'm going to show you, he's addressing the sexual thing in particular. And, and what he's saying is, listen, sex is terrific inside of marriage. But outside of marriage, you know, this is not something you want to be a part of because there's all kinds of consequences that come with it that, I don't, that, that, that aren't good for you. And we all know that. And, and some of us, some have experienced that and, and understand the heartache and heartbreak that can go along with that. So that's what he's, he's talking about sex in this particular area. And I want you to watch this carefully as we read this because his appeal, and it all has to do with value, and you're going to see this. It's amazing, isn't it, how much, so many people go in, into that area thinking they're trying to find value when God in the Bible uses that particular example, but it, it does it in a different kind of way and shows us the right way to think about it. 1 Corinthians In chapter 6, verse 19, here's what the apostle was talking about. This is from the Amplified Bible. Do you not know that your body is the temple, the very sanctuary of the Holy Spirit who lives within you, whom you you have received as a gift from God? You're not your own. Let me emphasize that. You are not your own. You were bought with a price, purchased with a preciousness and paid for, made his own, so then, honor God and bring glory to Him in your body. I always like this passage, and I like to show this to people, particularly those people who may be involved in immoral relationships, because I want, I, what I want to say is God doesn't take the Bible and beat you up and say, oh, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do this. He says, you're better than this. You're better than this. Which is a whole different way to look at this. And we talk to people who, young people or older people, who, who, who get sideways in their values and, and they end up in, in, in an immoral relationship. What God says is, don't, don't do this. Why? Because it's wrong? Well, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's wrong, but more than that, who are you? You have God inside of you. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you. You don't want to be a part of this, something that's, 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 that's like this. Is sex okay? It's great inside the relationship of marriage. And that's what he's saying. He's saying, well, what's that all got to do with being valued? Because I want you to look very carefully on the screen. Look particularly there in verse 20, where he says, you were bought with a price. I love that. Here's the deal, folks. When Jesus, he's talking about the fact that Jesus went to the cross for you and for me. He bought me with a price. And when he did that, Every sin, and, and this is God who is, in, he knows everything about me. He knows everything about me. He knows everything that I'm going to ever, ever do, ever have done. And the cool thing about this is Jesus was saying this, or Paul was saying this about Jesus, knowing full ahead of time Jesus bought me. I, I, won't, talk, I won't talk about you. I'll use me because I, I don't want to say this about you, but you can put your name in the, in the blank here, okay? Jesus went to the cross to purchase rich, knowing fully ahead of time what a pathetic petty, sinful individual he could be, rich. He knew all of my sins ahead of time, and he still said, you are of value to me. I love you. 
I think that's pretty cool. It's not like when we get married. We get married, you know, we think we're marrying the greatest person in the world. And they are at that moment. But then life sets in, don't they? And you, you know, babies start coming and bodies start getting flabby and attitudes start getting a little ugly and all kinds of weird stuff starts happening and this attitudes kick in and people start, you know, people get fired and people get hired and, and all of a sudden this person that you're married to, you've been through so much with, none of us, it's hard, you know, I'll tell you the truth, um, when um, I was, had the opportunity to officiate over, over uh, my daughter Stephanie and Ike's wedding almost three years ago. And you guys, know, you don't need to know this about me, but I just totally lost it. I mean, Mr. Composure here just totally lost it. I just, you know, I got to the part where I'm saying, I got through Ike's part okay, you know, Ike, you big Steph, here's the deal with you, you know, okay. But I got to Stephanie's part, and I'm like, and Stephanie, do you take, <laughs> you know, just, oh, I'm just, and all the stuff is flashing through my mind, you know, a little Stephanie playing a bride, playing a bride when she was a little kid, you know, and, 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 and just all the stuff flashes through your mind. It's just crazy. But the one thing that I kept thinking is, is and I think about this now whenever I marry anybody, is you have no idea what you're getting into. <laughs> you don't know the changes that are going to take place. You don't know what's going to You just have no clue. And you, you want, as a minister, you want to sit there and say, do you have a clue what you're, what you're accepting here? Because people are going to change, and this is going to happen, and this is going to happen. I don't know what it is, but some of these things are going to happen. And, and so my point is this. We go through this whole thing, and we're not quite sure. Well, God knows. And he, and he paid the price for me. He went to the cross for me, knowing fully ahead of time, this guy can be a real loser sometimes. He knew that, and he did it anyway. You were bought with a price. I want to tell you something. That gives me great value. That gives me great credibility. I can say, well, I'm worth something. You may not think I'm worth anything at this particular moment, but God does. Let me think, who's more important? You know, that's the issue here. And that's what Corinthians is talking about. Credibility in life is grounded in being valued by the giver of life. Don't ever forget that. I've got to show you one other passage. And it's about when you were born. It comes from David wrote in Psalms in the Old Testament. Psalm 139. Just, this is pretty self-explanatory. For you were formed in my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. This is, this is David talking to God. I will give thanks to you. I am fearfully or marvelously and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. He's saying, the, the psalmist here is saying, God knew me in my mother's womb. I, there was a life there. And God knew me and he weaved me and formed me in, in just this way and that way, very specifically in just such a cool way, very intricately. I'm of value to God even before I'm born, which says lots of things, lots of things. Credibility in life is being grounded in the fact that you are valued by the giver of life. And you need to see that and you need to understand that. Let me give you the therefores on this. Three things very quick. Number one, be warned. 
you will be tempted from time to time to try to justify yourself. You don't have to. Let your life speak for itself. You don't have to do that. Now, obviously, you're in a business deal. You got this going. You want to present your best foot forward, and you want to give your qualifications in as good a way as you can without being, you know, a braggart or something like that. And that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about trying to justify who you are and what you are. You don't have to do that. Be warned about that. Be thankful. Whatever acceptance and approval you, you have received, be thankful for that. If you get, as, as, as Norby did, a Tony no, a, a equivalent in your business to a Tony nominee, somebody gives you an, a, a great attaboy for a deal that you put together or for something that you did or for, for, your, for your scholastic achievements, if you get some good attaboys, as I call them for that, or girls, hey, hey, be thankful for that. Enjoy it. Don't just, you know, don't just, you know, don't do that. But be, but be thankful for that. But don't need it. Because if you need it, you got some trouble coming. And be secure. And this is really what I'm saying in all three of these things. Be secure. You are loved by the giver of life. And that's ultimate credibility. Be secure. You know, you're not dependent upon capricious, unpredictable winds of life and of people for credibility. Be secure in the fact that God Almighty, the creator of the world, however he chose to do that, the creator of your life, says, you know what, you're not just okay, but you're very valuable to me, and I love you. And I want to tell you something. When we think about that, God loves me and God values me in ways I cannot even begin to imagine. It's amazing how we get these things turned around in life. I mentioned in the early service. It's funny. I mean, really, when you think about it, we just, just how we twist things. God's here every Sunday. Of course, Donald Trump comes one Thursday night, and it, gets, makes, it makes the headlines in all the local newspapers. But God's here every Sunday. What does that tell you? By the way, we're grateful that Mr. Trump could come with the entourage and so forth. But you understand my point. We look at so many different things in the world in a, just a little bit twisted way at times. And the giver of life, God Almighty, says, you know what? You are, no matter what anybody else says, no matter what anybody else does, no matter what happens or what doesn't happen, I love you and you have great value to me. I want you to listen to this. Um, come on up. Come on up, guys. Come on up. Um, I want you to listen to this. This is, a, this is a really cool song that talks about God's love, God's value of you and of me.